0: This Torah class is brought to you by torahanytime.com Okay, good morning everyone. Hope everybody is enjoying. We're driving through the streets of Barcelona, literally in the footsteps of Rishonim. Who was the Rav in Barcelona? Rabbi Shlomo Ibn Adaris. Rav Shlomo Ibn Adaris, the Rashba. The Rashba was born in Barcelona in 1235. He passes away in Barcelona in 1310. He did not originally start off as a rabbi. He spent a number of years as a financier, and he was called upon by the community in Barcelona to be their chief rabbi. Just to tell you a little bit about the eminence of the Rashba and his prowess in learning, I want to share with you the comments of the Baal Torah Tamima. I tell you, I was very startled when I saw this. To the point where I didn't think I could say it over. I even asked the Shaila whether I'm allowed to say it over. I went to the Shvilei Pinchas, Hagoyin Pinchas Friedman. I said, the way the Makar Baruch writes this, I don't think I'm allowed to say this. He said, say it, but say it with the following explanation. The Makar Baruch writes in Chelek Raviy Parak Lamitesh that there's a, a basic difference between the writings of the Rambam and the writings of the Rashba. The writings of the Rambam, you read them and you're confronted with many questions. There are things that don't seem to be understandable. There seem to be many difficulties and yet every time you learn a Rajbah, it's so clear. The argument, the logic is so crystal clear. There are no challenges. You can't ask anything on it. Why is that? Says the Makar And he says it's because when the Rambam learned, he did not teach in a yeshiva he learned, and therefore there's room for question but when the Rajba, everything the Rajba said, he said over in front of Talmidim, they challenged him there was and everything was sifted through with a fine tooth comb and I said to Rav Pinchas Friedman, how can we say about the Ramam? there are questions on it, the Ramam is the foundation of Psak. so he explained that, what this means is as follows when you read the Rambam, it seems like there are many questions. It appears that there are difficulties. Certainly there aren't. And the Rambam, everything the Rambam says is the backbone of halacha. But the Rashba, it has the appearance, it has the feel of uh, clarity. Be it as it may, I want to share with you an interesting halacha. We know that akum is prohibited. One is not allowed to have the bread of a private Gentile baker? What about paspalter? What about the bread of a Gentile baker, a commercial baker? So that's permitted. But what about if Jewish bread is available? So there's a machlikus rush in the Rashba. The rush says if Jewish bread is available, even if you don't like it as much, because it's stale, you have to eat the Jewish... So in other words, you have a choice between Kamach bread and Arnold's. The Arnold's, it stays fresh for three years. The Kamach. The Kemach, it stays fresh for... Uh, it can't be on video. So, are you allowed to have Arnold's bread if Kemach bread is available? The Rush says it's prohibited. The Rajva says as long as you like the Gentile bread better, it's, it's permitted. Comes the tour and the tour says, Loinira kein mirushalmi. The opinion of the Rajbah does, does not seem to be correct in light of the Ushami. Comes the Beis Yosef, and the Beis Yosef says, How dare the Tor ask a question on the Rajbah? Now, the Tor was no slouch. The Tor is the son of the Rush. The Tor is the, the author of the Balat Turim. He can't ask a question on the Rajbah? No, says the Beis Yosef. How dare the Tor ask a question on the Rajbah? that it doesn't seem to be correct from the Yushalmi. What, you don't think the Rajwa knew the Yushalmi? You don't think the Rajwa had an answer from the Yushalmi? You're not allowed to say about the Rajwa that there's a question on him from the Yushalmi. You can't ask questions on a Rajvah! Says the Beis Yosef. Maran Bet Yosef. He says, Someone like the Rajwa, that the byways of the heavens are open wide, you are not authorized to ask a question on him from the Yushami as if the Raja was not familiar with the Yushami. So when we speak about the, Ush- the Raja, we're speaking about the highest level of clarity of learning among the Yushainim. Now, a great controversy broke out here in Barcelona and in Spain in general. In Andalusia. Anybody know where Andalusia is? What is Andalusia? Southern Spain. Andalusia is a, a term for the region, the autonomous region of southern Spain. There was a man by the name of Abamori Hayarchi. Hayarchi means he came from Lunel. And there was a a pretty prominent movement that people began to study philosophy here in Spain. And that was one of the main differences between Spain and France. In France, among the Bali HaToisves, Rashi, Rabbi Tam, the Rehazakin, the Reb Shimon Mishans, there was no learning of philosophy. They had no interest, not in the disciplines, and not in the sciences. Their interest was only in the Talmud Babli. In, Fr- in, in Spain, They were much more broad-minded. By the way, there was a a very important reason for that. And that is because Spain was under the uh, control of the Muslims. And uh, surprising as it may sound, the Christian world was barbaric, unlearned, uneducated, illiterate. The Muslim world was sophisticated. They They were poets, they were mathematicians, they were philosophers, and... It it sounds backward, right? We always think of the Christian world as a more sophisticated, educated world. That switched about in the year 1500. In the year 1500, someone turned the lights out on the Muslims and no one has opened it up yet. No one has turned it on yet. But uh, history switched on a dime approximately in the year 1500. So people in Spain began learning philosophy to the point where Abomari Hayarchi Sent the letter to the Rajba, to the God Hadar, to put a Khairam on the learning of philosophy. And if it would have just ended there, where people were studying philosophy, that would have been perhaps uh, tolerable. But Abamari Hayarchi of Lunel of Provence, uh, the Provencal Godoylam were very powerful. And there were Godoylam who began to give, give allegorical drushas. Reb ben Chaim, Reb Yaakov Anatoli, and they said the Torah is only parable. So Avraham Avinu is a mashal to tsura, to finished product, and Sara Yemenu was a mashal to choymer, to the raw material. And the twelve shvatim represent the twelve constellations. Did you ever hear of something like that? The urim v'tumim was not a supernatural item. The urim v'tumim was a scientific object. It really was the astrolab. And the war of the four kings against the five kings. It was a war between the four elements. Water, fire, wind, earth, versus the five senses. And everything that took place from Bereshus until Matan Torah was a mashal. And they even began to say the mitzvahs are a mashal. You don't have to wear tefillin. Tefillin is just a mashal to subjugate your heart and your mind, Ta'a Barhu. So the Rajvah penned many chuvas, chuva taf yudalid, taf tesvav, taf tes zayin, taf zayin. And the Rajvah actually created a khiram that for 50 years he prohibited the study of philosophy. Now, that means any discipline outside of Torah was forbidden to be studied, with one exception, medicine. And the reason for that is they needed doctors. But the study of philosophy was prohibited until you reached the ripe old age of 25. You see, once you turn 25, you're already a zakain muflag. You're already eligible for Social Security. So, at 25 you were considered mature enough to be able to learn philosophy. And, and also, uh, back then, most people did not necessarily even make it to that age. And uh, the Rajvah, um issued a Cherem, and the Cherem was not an indefinite Cherem, it was only for 50 years, because the Rajvah said the Khacham did not have the capacity to add a permanent Isser. And also, even at age 25, one had to be mamale. Kresay Shasu Paiskim. One had to first fill up their mind and fill up their stomach with the learning of Shas and Paiskim. This was the Chayrem of 1305. This is the famous Chayrem that the Rajba issued here in Barcelona in the year 1305. Now you'll ask, Chayrem, does a Chayrem mean anything? Do the rabbis have the capacity to enforce? Uh, you know, nowadays, if the Chachamim and the Rabbanim gathered together to make a cherem, people maybe wouldn't even blink. But you have to know back in the day in Spain, the Chachamim had tremendous power. In Spain, the Rishonim gave capital punishment. Squila. You hear this? Seven hundred years ago here in Spain, if someone rode a horse on Shabbos, the Chachamim gave capital punishment. In fact, the Rush writes that when he got to Spain, he couldn't believe that the Chachamim were giving death penalty. And the reason they were giving death penalty is the Chachamim said it's a Kiddush Hashem. Because how could it be that when people violate the law, the Spanish government had the capacity to take a life, the Torah is not just as important? The Rush said, you know, if it would be up to me, I would deal with people much more lenient. Let's say if somebody, heaven forbid, cursed Hashem, I would just recommend having the guy stick his tongue out and slicing off his tongue. That would be much more compassionate and that would also ensure the person wouldn't do that again. I'm sure you could imagine why, right? So the rush said, capital punishment, maybe he's not in favor of. He's more in favor of uh, much more lenient type of punishment. Okay, be it as it may, yes, back in the day, the cherem, uh, did have a lot of force did have a lot of meaning and this cherem was uh, put on anybody who had learned philosophy and the problem was again they were interpreting the Torah allegorically Marv Rabboisai we now fast forward 400 years to the year 1710 Rabbi Yaakov Yosef Poloni the primary disciple of the Baal Shem Tov who learns that Avraham and Sarah is a mashal and Avraham is the Tzura, the Neshama, and Sarah is the Guf. So, what the Rajba put in Kheiram became one of the fundamental tenets of Chasidus. So, you'll ask, how could that be? Then, seemingly, this is a valid interpretation of the Torah. By the way, Rishonim learned that way. The Tzura Hamur, Avram Saba, also learns Avraham and Sarah are a parable. But the answer is it all depends on the Hakalafi Hazman V'ha'eis In 1305 When the learning of philosophy Led people not only to interpret the narrative Of the Chumash as parable But even the mitzvahs So now it was jeopardizing the observance of Torah mitzvahs Then it was not the proper thing to do Later on in history Then uh, it was not In any way undermining Observance, if anything it was inspiring Greater study of Torah So then it was permitted, but this was one of the famous edicts of the Rajba. You can read about it further in the Chuvah Sarajba, Taf Yod Daled, through Taf Zayan. Zion. Zechusay, Yagain, Amen. You've just experienced another Torah class brought to you by TorahAnyTime.com.